Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cisco Champion Radio. Today, we have a geographically dispersed group, even more so, I think, than normal, because we've got, well, folks all over the damn place. And uh, for this, us in the U.S., where this is like 10 p.m., so if I start slurring and sleeping, you'll understand why, but I promise not to, because it's going to be awesome and fantastic. Apologies for ranting. All right, so, Patrick, why don't you kick us off? Who are okay. you? What do you do? Okay, so um, my name is Patrick Grostet. Um, today it's early morning for me. I'm located in uh, Europe, Paris. Um, I am a distribution engineer, technical marketing, working for the IoT business unit at Cisco. And I'm focusing on the uh, industrial wireless and IoT gateways. Awesome. Jonathan, how are you? Who are you? I'm what do you great. do? I'm great, Lauren. So uh, my name is Jonathan Mahadi. Um, I'm actually in Perth, Western Australia, so I'm probably the furthest away for all of you. So it's lunchtime here. Uh, and I'm a senior engineer working in the mining industry. And uh, if you want to look me up, I'm on LinkedIn. Cool beans. GJ, last but not least. Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Gert-Jan de Boer. In short, GJ. I'm a CTO for a Dutch Cisco reseller, uh, and I work in uh, networking, wireless, and security. Awesome. And I'm Lauren Friedman Albert. Oh, hey guys. Fun fact. I forgot to ask if you're on the Twitters. I'm on the Twitters as Lauren. GJ, are you on the Twitters? Uh, sometimes when I have to complain. This is where you say what your Twitter handle is so we can internet stalk you, my friend. And my Twitter handle is GJ DeBoer. There we go. All right, Jonathan. Uh, I think it's Jonathan.Mahadi. Awesome. Patrick? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, but I'm not using it too much. I mean, I'm just uh, reading stuff, but not posting myself. I mean, Cisco is doing it for me. Okay, that's fun to know. So you're saying that one of us could like take the reins. Anyways, before we get all weird. Uh, so, you know, what, what are we talking about today? Tell me a little bit about uh, wireless gateways, IoT. Okay, so... I mean, if you look today at the industrial IoT, uh, the way you connect machine and you connect other devices, uh, you can do it wire, but more and more people are looking at flexibility and they want to go wireless. Uh, one of the challenges with, with the wireless technology, it's you have so many choices on the market today and, and you have very low speed and very low data rate and you have very high data rate like Wi-Fi 6 and 5G coming on the market that people need to understand exactly how to use that and which ones meet the, uh, the best their use case and, and requirement. And that, I would say, the purpose of uh, all the effort we are making today at Cisco because we have always been, I would say, agnostic to technology. Uh, clearly, whatever your wireless technology, all traffic is flowing over IP and, and people are more looking at reliability, scalability, security and ease of operation. Uh, and that's clearly what we want to explain and discuss. Awesome. And Jonathan, I think you were about to kick us off with a question. You had burning a hole in your heart. Uh, wait, that got weird. Go well, ahead. I, I find that um, a lot of people struggle to understand what is industrial wireless, because when you talk about industrial wireless, uh, they think, oh, it's just an access point in an industrial area. So you just mentioned about the characteristics, but uh, can you give us... Um, Patrick, a breakdown of the differences when compared to, let's say, the enterprise space. And what, what do we use it for? Okay, so um, if you look at the enterprise space, I would say most of people are very well familiar with Wi-Fi. 
because that's the way you connect your laptop, your mobile phone, your tablet, and or they are using cellular as well because once again, uh, mobile phone or the IoT gateway will connect your location to the uh, to the network. Now, when we look at the uh, industrial, what we call industrial wireless, the fact is, first you have uh, many choices of technology like, or if I'm just focusing on data rate because it's I would say one obvious uh, criteria. You can say, or oh, if I just need to put a sensor, uh, the sensor needs to live on battery for let's say 10 years, and the sensor will be uh, reporting maybe once in one hour, or maybe once a day, or once a month. Or it, it's clearly not something you can do with, I would say, uh, 4G, 5G today, or Wi-Fi, because the, the battery will die over a week or a month. So clearly here. Uh, we see very low data rate. We see uh, technology like LoRaWAN or a narrowband IoT, uh, which are deployed with very specific device. And this is where the ecosystem is quite important. So this is very, uh, really the low end. Uh, when you start looking at the industrial, like for example, on oil and mining, you have technology which has been there for, for years now, like wireless art, ISA 100. And the technology has been designed by vendors like Emerson and Rockwell and Yokogawa, all the people who are providing the, uh, the device to the, uh, the vertical industry. And clearly they have been working on, on their technology. If you look at what we have done at Cisco for, for example, for the utility market with smart metering, uh, people were developing, I mean, deploying smart meter and all the technology were proprietary, meaning one vendor was proposing the meter and you can only use this kind of meter. Uh, what we have done, we have been working with the uh, with the Wyson Alliance. Uh, a profile and a stack, a protocol stack has been defined using IP, which now allows the mix and match of different vendors for metering and, and gateways. And clearly, when you look at data rate, you can go from uh, 50 kilobit per second to one megabit per second. So it's, it's another kind of application, or clearly uh, metering distribution automation. And then as soon as you go higher in terms of data rate, uh, you need, I mean, you have Wi-Fi and, and you have all the flavor of Wi-Fi and you have the cellular st standardization. And once again, uh, we went through 2G, 3G, 4G, and now people are looking 5G. But clearly, I mean, data rate is one criteria, but from there you have the uh, indoor, outdoor, or both. Uh, you have the level of ruggedization. I mean, if you want to deploy on you know, a, I mean, oil rig, for example, or even if you go Wi-Fi, uh, your Wi-Fi access point has to be uh, ATEX certified, uh, which is, so you, you have to make sure that the, the product you are developing go through all the certification process and, and regulation for a given industry. And then the, the other one is, by the way, you have local regulation as well. So you have made sure that whatever the location, your product comply with the regulation. And then you have very specific industrial protocol uh, which has been developed for, for years now. And you have to make sure that when you want to deploy in a given uh, environment, that you can support the protocol. A uh, good example is Profinet, PRP. Uh, this has been I mean, developed and designed for the industry. And that's what people are expecting on the uh, access point. And that's not something you are, you are getting on a, I would say, enterprise class access point. So another uh, difference between uh, enterprise networks and the IoT world is um, in the enterprise, everybody knows that they can't trust the, the environment they're working on. All the applications have been encrypted. 
and that's not so much the case in industrial networks so uh, how do you improve on security oh that that's a uh, that's a key point i would say if i look at what the uh, the industrial iot means it's, I mean, you have a requirement like, I mean, data rate is really not important. I mean, the, most of the time traffic is quite low, but people really care about reliability, scalability, security, and ease of operation. Uh, so once again, security is not a, a single protocol, it's multiple layer. Uh, encryption is one of the feature, but you, you also have the authentication, uh, the provisioning of the device, making sure that uh, the, you can trust the device, you can make sure that the, the device can join the network. And that's something where uh, we spend time on it. So for example, when you look at the, uh, the Wison, uh, the, the, the other criteria for industrial IoT is the fact that when you deploy your device somewhere, uh, most of the time there is no human body in the location. Uh, so w what we have done, you have to make sure that your device is hardened, uh, not only physically, but from a software standpoint. Uh, this is where we are spending a lot of time. Uh, we have to make sure that uh, all the layer, I mean, you get encryption. So when I look at the wireless technology, most of them can do encryption at the Mac layer. But at the same time, as we are crossing public network, like for example, if you are connecting through cellular, uh, we do IPsec tunnel. Uh, and then as soon as we start looking at the application layer, we want to make sure that everything is digitally signed, each packet. Uh, so, once again, we, we want to make sure that uh, we, we guarantee integrity of data. But once, once again, it's, it's only one feature. Uh, the other one, which is quite important, is the authentication mechanism. And we are also uh, spend a lot of time working on the uh, what we call zero-touch provisioning or zero-touch deployment, meaning how we can take a let's say a base station, uh, access point, whatever a device, give it to a field technician. And the field technician can go on site, just install, physically install the device, power on the device. And then from there, uh, the device will join the network. It will get authenticated. We are using certificate for that. Uh, there is a, a full process. There is a centralized management station uh, that can connect the device and, and download the configuration. Uh, and it's quite important because one of the uh, maybe difference between industrial IoT and enterprise is the scale as well. Uh, we have people looking at deploying, for example, hundreds of thousands of IoT gateway. Uh, and once again, you can't spend, uh, let's say, a, a Cisco CCIE on each side for the deployment of the gateway. Uh, you have to make sure that we can automate everything and, and we can securely automate everything. But you have that with um, on the enterprise side as well, right? Like for example, deploying at a bunch of retailers, like, uh, you know, global retailers, or are they actually deploying some of the, like the IRs instead of the ISRs as an example? Yeah, it's a very good comment. I mean, this is where uh, I, I, I would say when we say industrial, it's more a vertical industry. Uh, I will classify retail as part of the industry as well, because it's, it's not end user surfing the internet for just to go on, on let's, say, let's say, Google or, or Facebook mm -hmm. or whatever. It's really for the application. So uh, the way we classify the market, we look at manufacturing and utility, transportation, uh, community, meaning cities and local government, uh, the, the connected road, the connected railways and retail, else. I mean, you, we look at all the vertical and we see, okay, uh, 
what what feature do they need what, what specification and what protocol but then we have the the ground level where we say scalability securities of deployment and ip because ip is the key the keyword has to be there so uh, patrick one of the concepts we have in wireless design is link budget right so it's a it's a fairly complex um concept but in simple terms i normally explain this is uh, how much data do you want to send versus how far do you want to send that data? Can you tell us what the, how this applies to applications like industrial IoT and specifically in terms of the protocols and applications that we use it for? Okay, so what we have done quite recently, uh, we try to develop, uh, I would say, what I call the path to decision, which is like a, a methodology. How do you select one technology? As I say, you have different technology and and sometimes it's quite challenging to when you read the press, every, everybody's pushing and promoting one given technology and, and you have to identify which one. Uh, so the, the way we look at the, um, the methodology is the first uh, we identify the industry, uh, the use case requirement. And when I say use case, it's quite interesting because you can start with one, but over years you may want to deploy multiple services. So that's quite important to understand what is your uh, vision and strategy. And, and from there, you start listing all the requirement. And, and requirement is not only the, uh, the bandwidth you need, but is that indoor, outdoor, uh, your physical location? Are you going for license spectrum and license spectrum? Uh, like, like, for example, today we see in, in US uh, the fact that you have the C CBRS and people will be able to build a private LTE network or even private 5G later. Uh, so we, we, we collect all the requirement. Uh, and from there, we also look at uh, stuff like, for example, the corporate policy. Uh, if you look at uh, Europe, you know that we have the GPDR uh, for privacy. So we have to make sure that are you willing to go for cloud services, for on-prem services as well, uh, just to respect the policy. So we collect all the information. And from there, that's what allows us to, to pick one technology versus the other. And once we know the technology, or, or sometimes you have, I would say, more than one, uh, so we can start looking at the the requirement in terms of security and operation, or how much does it cost to train uh, a given engineer. So, for example, is the choice is between Wi-Fi and cellular? Uh, how many people can you get? Can you hire who are already knowledgeable on Wi-Fi? How many people know how to troubleshoot? A packet core and an LTE network. So we, we, we are looking at all the operation side, the security, the policy, uh, the ecosystem as well. How much does it cost to, give, to, to buy one device versus the other? And that's how at the end you can say, oh, that's the technology I want to work because it fits my requirement. Uh, and clearly we are here to help people to pick one technology. Uh, we are not the one who are mandating to, you one, to use one technology versus the other. So this makes me remind one of my customers who uh, was using 4G as a, a way to connect to the network. Um, and they were located next to a village. And when the people in the village complained about uh, their mobile phones and their signal, then the telecom operator came in, moved the antenna, and then our customer had a problem with their signal. So they called in and they moved the antenna back. So how would you go about adding redundancy to industrial networks? Okay, so that's quite interesting because that's a feedback I already uh, got from few customers telling us, uh, okay, 
we, we look at the uh, machine to machine, but, but the reality today, the, the business is done for the consumer market and, and we have to make sure that there is no disruption between what we can provide as services for consumer versus, versus what we, we offer to enterprise. Uh, so the, the, the way we look at redundancy, um, first, when you look at our gateway today, uh, we have different gateway. We can handle uh, dual IT. Uh, any cellular modem can do dual SIM as well. So that means you can connect to multiple provider. Uh, so the, the way we look, when the redundancy is quite important, uh, what we have seen on, on from the customer is either they go for dual technology, like for example, you may get a fiber or DSL, and at the same time you are getting cellular, or you have dual cellular, and then this is where we have uh, all the backup mechanism. As I say, we, you have dual SIM, we have dual cellular. It can be active-active, backup-active. Uh, we have feature where we can reset the modem if for any reason uh, the, the base station is losing communication and we need to switch over to another provider. So that, that's what we support in terms of feature. And then the way we activate the feature is dependent of the design. I mean, as uh, Jonathan was saying, the design phase is quite important. So what are some like of the more interesting use cases you've seen recently? Uh, so recently, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's aware of COVID. <laughs> so uh, Really? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, life is still going on. So yeah. uh, the, the, the fact is people are looking at how they can, uh, I'll say, enforce some of the uh, social distancing. And, yeah. And f for example, the idea is, okay, uh, one of the key features on wireless is also the fact that you can do uh, geolocation. Uh, and geolocation, you can do right now, the way people were doing geolocation is either to precisely uh, know where a given asset is located, or the other one was to do geofencing, meaning you want to protect a, a device, you don't want the device to move outside from a given area. But what we have seen is now people saying, oh, by the way, if I'm wearing a badge, and you are wearing a badge, and you have technology, the wireless technology, and, and you have multiple of them, which allow us to say, oh, by the way, don't be more than one meter or two meter next to me. And, and from there, uh, you can start getting dashboard where you say, oh, these two guys are too close or these two guys are not respecting the, uh, the uh, pass we define for, for that. So that's a, a new set of application. Is uh, that something Cisco's working on or is it some, like something that you see being an overlay with, uh, our, like, with a wireless network? That, that's something uh, we have seen from customer. And okay. We do, we, do pro we do provide the uh, the network infrastructure, the lower yeah. one infrastructure. Yeah. But then we have partner providing the sensor and the dashboard application for that. Okay, yeah, because uh, I know that like for DNA spaces, for example, which is kind of indoor geo location, mm -hmm. I don't think our accuracy is, I don't know if it's actually gotten beyond a few, like three meters or four meters or something. So. But I actually shouldn't quote that because I don't actually know, and I don't want the marketing people to kill me. So go on. Yeah, I mean, as I say, you are, you have different wireless technology. So it's uh, the the way we have done it today. We have done it with LoRaWAN, uh, and and people are also looking at how to do uh, BLE and the uh, UWB, the ultra wireless band for that. But once again, it's one solution. So that's the I would say the the low end of the spectrum. 
uh, on, on the high end of the spectrum, we see people starting looking at uh, Wi-Fi 6 and 5G for robotics and uh, what is called the autonomous mobile robots, meaning on the factory floor, on the, um, on the warehouse, uh, more and more you see robots. And this is where, once again, uh, people are looking at reliability. So a given robots may not be using uh, too much bandwidth, but at the same time, you have to make sure that there is no black hole in the warehouse. You don't get a one robot stock somewhere. So the, the fact that we can provide, we can leverage technology like 5G or Wi-Fi 6 is the fact we have more capacity. So now uh, we can put re uh, redundancy protocol uh, in place, making sure we send, for example, twice the same packet. And from there, we, we make sure that the robot will never lose the connection. Uh, and that's clearly where the new technology are bringing benefit as well. And it's without mentioning, I mean, more some trial about uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, where you, you clearly need the, uh, the bandwidth for that. So basically, uh, in the future, we don't need to go out of the house. We can just remotely control <laughs> the have you left i haven't left my house in months so i don't know what you're talking about man i i would be i would be missing the good restaurant and the nice place to go out so <laughs> so um patrick one of the other areas that are kind of like a burning issue in my heart and this is to lauren's comment earlier um uh is around monitoring right especially in the operational uh environment um it's one of the areas that we've been a bit weak on in the past can you talk to us a bit about um, CyberVision and uh, you know how is it how is it applied and how does it work and what does it give us? Okay, so that that's a very interesting topic. Um, a few months ago, uh, Cisco did the acquisition of a, a company called Centrio, and that now what we call CyberVision. So the goal of CyberVision is to uh, provide security uh, for the uh, IoT IoT deployment. Uh, so what we have is not only we are collecting all the, all the kind of attacks and, and what does it mean? It means that your your application, the central application, need to understand all the industrial protocol. Uh, and remember that Centrio is one product from Cisco as part of the IoT business unit. But at, at the same time, we have other other business uh, at Cisco, like we have Umbrella and Talos. So now we are collecting all information about attacks. And what we have done is uh, either you can go for a, a standalone or dedicated sensor, uh, which can be installed on your network, on your, on your LAN, or the, the benefit of what we call IOX, meaning the edge computing, is the fact that we can onboard uh, the agent from CyberVision inside our switches, our uh, Wi-Fi access point, or our IoT gateway. So the benefit is now the, the IoT gateway, the switches, uh, the access point can do deep packet inspection from the uh, industrial protocol and detect an attack, detect an anomaly. Uh, for example, if something was somebody was performing a software upgrade uh, and, and report that uh, to the central database and central database can compare that with all the known attack and flag the event. Uh, so it's clearly a good example of what we call the, uh, the edge computing, where now we can provide uh, intelligence at the edge of the network and combine that with central location and central database for uh, analytics and improve the security for the network. So CyberVision also gives you a lot of insight in the equipment that is in your network, right? 
so one of the features from CyberVision is to, per, I mean, to perform an inventory so you can detect all the equipment which are attached to your network, yes. Is that integrated with SecureX these days or not uh, quite yet? I, I would say not yet, but as I say, we, we, we start, I mean, we, we are looking, I mean, the IoT business unit I'm working on is only one component from Cisco. So oh, yeah. we, we, don't, we don't try to do everything by ourselves. We, we are leveraging the big Cisco. And that's the reason uh, today our CyberVision team is also working with the rest of Cisco. As I say, the people from Umbrella, from Talos, uh, from the uh, IC, I mean the eyes, and, and we look at how we can combine all the features to improve security uh, and share information. All right. Well, this has been really cool. Thank you, guys. Um, I learned a lot, so yay for me. Um, I want to thank our our uh, Cisco champions, GJ and Jonathan, and our Cisco distinguished engineer, Patrick. Thank you so much. And for those of you at home, working out, driving around. I don't know what it is you guys do in your personal time, but if you're still listening, please do smash that subscribe button or whatever it is the kids these days are doing. Um, Cisco Champion Radio is wherever you stream your podcasts, Apple, Google, the internets. Thank you. <laughs>